Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Welcome once again to the restoration service or times of restoration with the shepherd's fold um, restoration family. Amen. So that's the name of our ministry. And um, I want you to understand that Jesus Christ is our great shepherd. And he is the one responsible for our lives and responsible for everything that we are involved in. We belong to his fold. We are part of his church. And he is the one who is in charge. Hallelujah. We also believe that as we lift up Jesus, souls will be won, lives will be restored, needs will be met, problems will be solved, burdens will be lifted, and destinies will be changed. Give the Lord a mighty hand clap, everybody. Hallelujah. Indeed, I love this family of God, and I'm glad to be a part of this great family. Praise the name of Jesus. All right, bow down your heads and let us pray. Father, we are grateful to you for today. We lift up this time of the word into your hands. We ask, oh God, that you will speak through me and that you will speak to us today. May we be blessed as your word comes forth. In Jesus' mighty name, and let everybody say, Amen. Amen. Beautiful. All right. Well, for the past two weeks, um, in Sionito, all right, we'll be fine. We'll be okay. So for the past couple of weeks, we've been looking at the broad subject, the risks of faith. The risks of faith. And I want you to turn Bibles with me. I'm going to continue today. And share with you the final part of this message. And turn with me to Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 12. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. Hebrews 6 verse 12. Can we read it together please? Uh, from the King James Version. Let's read it together. Ready? Go. One channel, one channel, one channel. Let's take it again. And let's read it together. Read it very loudly. Like your teacher taught you when you were in school. That this is how to read. Alright? So read loudly. Disturb everybody else apart from yourself. Ready? Go. Mm-hmm. Read it one more time. Mm. Inherit the promises. Amen. So here, the word of God is urging us to follow certain people who through faith and patience inherited the promises. What promises are we referring to? Of course, we are referring to the promises of God. And another way we can put this is to say that we should follow people who through faith and patience became very successful in this life. Hallelujah. Now, if you are looking for people who through faith and patience did well and succeeded, the best place to go to is the Bible. Because the Bible has stories upon stories of people, men and women of faith, who trusted God, who believed God, and God did some great things in their lives. And a classic example we can look at, and that's what we've been looking at for some weeks now, is Father Abraham 
who is reputed to be the father of faith. The Bible says that Abraham believed God or had faith in God and it was counted unto him as righteousness. Hallelujah. I explained to you that faith is the confidence, is the assurance, is the certainty that whatever you are hoping for will materialize. Hallelujah. And that is what Abraham had. He had faith in God. He believed in God. And if you are truly a faith person, there are moves that you will make. There are steps that you will take. Because the Bible says that faith without works is dead. So show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith with works. So you can never say that you are a man or a woman of faith unless you have some corresponding works to go along with it. And through this series, I've explained to you that some of the moves that you have to make will be risky moves. And we see it with Abraham. He had to take some risks. He heard a voice that told him that leave your country, leave your father's house, leave your relatives and go to the land that I'm going to show you and I'm going to do great things with you. He believed that voice and he set out on such a journey. 75 years of age he was when he took off on that journey. He was an old man. He should just have been thinking about sitting in front of his gates, reading old newspapers, drinking some water. And the old people, they like Guinness because they say it helps to regulate their blood pressure. No problem. Talking to people in Chi, we have a statement, origin chia. Collecting greetings as the people come and go. An old man, you should be thinking of taking care of your grandchildren if you have any. Here we have Abraham rising up and saying that God has spoken to me. And I'm going off with my wife, with my nephew, with all the members of my household, and with everything that I have. I mean, that looks very risky. And I am surprised that nobody bundled him up to take him to the nearest psychiatry hospital. Because it doesn't make sense for an old man. Old man, if you fall down right now, it will not be easy for you. But he believed God and he took those steps and he acted on his faith and he took certain risks. And the end of the story, all of us know, he became great and all of us are enjoying and benefiting of his greatness. Clap your hands for Father Abraham. I explained to you that a risk is any venture into something that has a probability that it won't work. That's what a risk is. A risk is also a hazard or a dangerous event that you step into. A risk is when you expose yourself to something that can possibly cause you injury or by which you can suffer loss. And that's what Abraham did. Now, the Bible says that we should be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. So, if Abraham had to take some risks, then ladies and gentlemen, you and I will have to take certain risks in our life. As we set out to follow God, as we set out to obey him, and as we set out to believe him for certain things in our lives. And today, I'm going to share with you 10 lessons to guide the risks of faith. 10 lessons to guide the risks of faith. And that is to say that there are some 10 important lessons that must guide you as you take certain risks in response to your faith. I told you last week that you must not be, what is the word I used? You must not be what? The word has disappeared from my head. But sometimes it happens. You know, sometimes you, you, you're, you're doing certain things and you're, you're just doing them. You're not really looking at things properly, you know. And so it's important that as you take risks, you must be guided and you must be, you know, 
directed in everything that you are trying to do. So I explained to you that you must not be foolhardy. You must not be reckless or you must not be thoughtless or you must not be foolishly rash as you are doing certain things. So the fact that we are saying that there are risks that you must take, it doesn't mean that you then or then you, you, you start doing things. You know? And I gave you this illustration of this pastor who said, because Jesus walked on water, he too is going to walk on water some. He ended up drowning. And somebody like that, when you get to the gate of heaven, seventy-five times before they let you in. Because it's, 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 it's being foolishly reckless. Don't say that the Bible says, and these signs shall follow them that believe on his name. They shall, they shall uh, uh, take hold of serpents. Uh, they shall drink uh, poisonous things and nothing will happen to them. So you, you go to the zoo. Then you go and look for a snake and say, hey, snake, he's, 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 come and let me hold you. Because the Bible says, I will take hold of serpents and nothing bad will happen to me. Be careful now. I said, be careful now. So taking risks is not about being reckless. And that's what I want you to understand. And that's why it's important to be guided by certain lessons or to have certain guidelines as you are taking risks in response to your faith. Lesson number one. The first lesson that you must learn is that everything in this life is a risk. Now, I think you mentioned that before already. Everything in this life is a risk. And there are no 100% guarantees. <laughs> Everything in this life is a risk and there are no 100% guarantees. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, reading verse 8 and 9. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, reading verse 8 and 9. Come up a little bit on your keyboard. I can feel you. We're good why are you laughing? That's the name of my keyboardist. It's called Kweku from Pong. <laughs> New Living Translation. Ecclesiastes chapter 10. Now notice what the Bible says. When you dig a well, you might fall in. <laughs> when you demolish an old wall, you could be bitten by a snake. Hello. When you work in a quarry, stones might fall and crush you. When you chop wood, there is danger with each stroke of your axe. That saith the word of the Lord. And what is the word of God explaining to us? There are risks everywhere and with everything. And there is nothing. Look, do you know that even eating, there's a risk. Have you ever swallowed something accidentally before? Like a bone. Sometimes not even a bone. But something that you are swallowing normally. I don't know how we say it in English. But it's ban or betrayal. You may choke on the food. Oh, I know the English. Say that I don't know. I'm saying what I know. You are, you are debating me. There's a risk with everything. And the Bible is saying when you dig a well, you can fall in. When you are breaking down an old wall, my gardener has told me many times as he was working around when he saw a snake. What was he doing? He was just working in the garden. A few days ago, he showed me a big scorpion. And he told me that there are a lot of scorpions. Don't be afraid. That, hey! <laughs> Papa, if you snakes, not scorpions for her. Please. We have sorted them out. You must believe the word of God. This is where you must believe the word. That you will tread upon serpents and scorpions. Hallelujah! 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 But it was normal gardening that he was doing. 
and he's had to spray the place many times because when you are working on the garden you may meet a scorpion or a snake when you work in a quarry a quarry is a place where they break stones and it says over there the stones might fall and crush you i think that one of the most dangerous things to do in this life is to be a miner And Galamse. Galamse. That is taking risks. Some of them have prospered by it. And you who said, I want to stay in my comfort zone, <laughs> it's too fantastic. When you chop wood, like chopping wood, there is danger with each stroke of your axe. Have you tried? tomatoes before and you cut your finger thinking that your finger was part of the tomatoes it happens so ladies and gentlemen one of the lessons you must learn in life is that there are risks in everything and there are no hundred percent guarantees to everything so when you marry there are risks when you prosper there are risks when you start a church, there are risks. There are no guarantees. And you must understand that. So that as you are taking risks, that thing will be clear at the back of your mind. Yesterday, I watched a Boskin match. Do you know Boskin? Boskin. Boxing. It was the WBC heavyweight Belt, uh, championship match between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. It's not only scriptures you must know. You must know a lot of other things. And my son be here, you know, uh, uh, Deontay, he looks like you, Pao. <laughs> Kofi, he looks like you, Pao. It was a very interesting boxing match. Third round, Tyson Fury knocked down Deontay Wilder. And he got up. Fourth round, Deontay Wilder knocked out Tyson Fury, who was the eventual winner. He knocked him down twice. I thought that because of what happened to him, that is Tyson Fury, who won eventually. For the remaining rounds, he will have a healthy respect for his opponent and his right hand. I was amazed that he did not change his fighting strategy. He still, he still kept pressing on. I thought that he will keep a distance and then just jab. And then just jab. And then just jab. And then follow it up. I thought that that was what he was going to do. But he engaged his opponent fiercely. And I recognized that this guy had seen that if he doesn't take risks, <laughs> he may easily not win the match. Because he's fighting in America and he's British. And he wanted to win the fight emphatically. I'm explaining to you that you have to take risks. Because they knocked him down twice. It wasn't easy for him. But when he came back, he continued to press on. There were no guarantees because another blow could have found him. But he pressed on and he won eventually by the grace of God. And I'm saying by the grace of God because he's a believer. When he was giving uh, his speech after the match, he said, I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I felt it was very cute. Yes. And even said that his opponent, you know, he was trying to go and shake him after and the guy didn't mind it. And he said that I'll be praying for him because his heart is too hard. <laughs> so say with me everything in this life is a risk there are no hundred percent guarantees lesson number two when you don't take risks you may be actually settling for nothing when you don't take risks you may actually be settling for nothing. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, 
verse 4 to 6, New International Version. Water, water. There's a song like, uh, a bunch of bunches. <laughs> I knew that uh, I'd learned a song be like that some time ago. Banche, banche. But somebody was explaining that some of us, we went to elite schools where we were taught Mary had a little lamb. Its fleece was white as snow. And everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. They said in their school, what they learned was banche, banche. Banche, banche. I don't know the rest of the song because I didn't learn any. Banchi was it wolf fruit? Now Bazi Biom. Was it Yagari? Was it Kakokonte? Look, let's be serious. I mean, if you are born a child and you take him to a school and that's what they teach him, it's good, you see. Anyway. To think about it, Banche Banche, Banche was for free. Then Mary had a little lambis fleece, or then you know, he has a cry. The nursery rhyme, yeah, Banche Banche, your brothel. Ah, okay, the chronic key and a chronic brothel. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 4 to 6, New International Version. What's it then? Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in the mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. Sow your seed in the morning and at evening let your hands not be idle. For you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. Look at the first part again. Whoever watches the wind will not plant, and whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. When you don't take risks, you may be actually settling for nothing. Because if you don't plant, you are not likely to have anything to reap. If you don't reap when you're supposed to reap, you are likely to lose your harvest. Look at Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 to 2, New Living Translation. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 to 2. For everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest so there's a time to plant there's a time to harvest if you don't plant at the time you're supposed to plant if you don't harvest at the time you're supposed to harvest you may end up with nothing but why would you not plant at the time that you're supposed to plant why will you not harvest at the time that you're supposed to harvest because perhaps you are watching the wind. You are saying, say, hey, and then from Maribo, hey, and then from Maribo, hey, today the wind is blowing, oh, I don't think that I can go and plant. But there's a time to plant. And if you don't plant at that time, do not expect to reap any harvest at the end of the day. Or you raise your head and say, hey, and then so them know. Hey, and then so them know. Look, if we follow the clouds and everything, we will not be having our service today. We will not because from early morning, it looked as if it was going to rain. If it rains, we'll find something else to do. But I'm explaining something to you. And according to the word of God, you see, the person who is not planting because of the wind and the person who is not harvesting because of the clouds is thinking that it is risky. To go and plant as the wind is blowing like that. It is risky to try and harvest when clouds suggest very strongly that there's going to be rain. But I want you to understand that when you don't take risks, you may actually be settling for nothing in this life. One of 
the reasons why we don't take risk is because we are too calculating. It's because we want to know and understand everything. We want to analyze everything. Everything must make sense. Everything must be logical. Now, there's a place for reasoning and there's a place for logic. There's a place for being calculating. But I'm explaining to you, my friends, that if you are that way all the time, what's going to happen is that certain steps that you need to take that may require a certain reasonable amount of risk, you will not take those steps. That is why in the second part of Ecclesiastes 11, 4 to 6, which we read, New International Version, it says that as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in a mother's womb, so you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. It's not everything that God is doing that is clear. And if you want to understand everything that God requires of you, you may never move. There are things that God may require of you that do not make sense. So Abraham is there. God tells him, Abraham, what's mirror? He said, take your son, your beloved son. And it's almost like, Oritinukurum. He said, take your son, your beloved son, or the son whom you love. And, and I, I, I suppose that God told him that very clearly to differentiate between Isaac and Ishmael. I suppose that if it was Ishmael they had asked him to sacrifice, or Nobekad, oh, no problem. <laughs> because that Ishmael, it was Isaac, the son whom he loved. God had made a lot of promises to him that through this Isaac, all the nations of the world are going to be blessed. All the seeds of this world are going to be blessed through Isaac. God said it clearly to him. And now God comes to him and tells him that, take this Isaac and go and sacrifice him on a mountain. That day, he didn't have any meeting with his wife. He didn't tell Sarah. No way. It wouldn't have happened. He just told her, I suppose, that, oh, we are going to offer some sacrifice. When we are going, we'll pass through the market and buy a goat. They got there. At the point he sent the servants away because he knew that they could easily stop him from doing what God said he should do. It was a risk he was taking. La. When they got there, Isaac said to them that here is the fire. <laughs> here is the wood. Where is the sacrifice? And that is when he spoke prophetically and said the Lord will provide. It was a risk he was prepared to take. And by taking that risk, he earned God's greatest respect. And that is when God said, in blessing, I will bless you. He said, this thing that you have done, you have demonstrated how much you trust in me, how much faith you have in me. He said, watch and see how I will bless you. May God be moved and may God be drawn and attracted to you because of the great faith that you will demonstrate in him. Can I hear your loud amen? Tell you, there are a lot of things about God you'll never understand. And there are a lot of things about this life that you will never understand. Hey, Encio, no, Encio. Where's your bucket? Put it down somewhere. We are having church. This is Shepherd's Fold Restoration Family. There are a lot of things in this life you'll never understand. You just flow with it. Do you know which direction the wind will blow? You don't know. Do you know how a baby is formed in a womb? You, you, you don't know. It's a, it's a wonderful thing how a baby is formed. I mean, think about it. So, a woman releases an egg usually every month there's a certain period in her cycle we call the what kind of day ovulation and she releases one egg and this egg goes to position itself somewhere in the fallopian tube and it does this a man 
we need to have sex with a woman in order for that egg to be fertilized. And the average man, if he's healthy and there are no challenges, every time he ejaculates, there should be at least 100 million sperms. Why 100 million? It takes only one to fertilize the egg. But the journey from the V, you know the V, to the tube to go and meet the egg, it's a very wild journey. And most of the sperms don't make it. And even those, the sperms that make it there, it is only one that can penetrate through the thick layer because the egg, it has welly. <laughs> it has welly round it. So it only can penetrate and go in. Occasionally, you may have two who are forceful or three. And that's when you have all these interesting Hey! Who is making noise as I'm speaking? And you're speaking Gantu. Speaking vernacular in church. I, 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 can't, I can't explain it. It's a mystery. So there are many things in this life you don't understand. And there are many things in this life that are not clear. And we are explaining to you that when you don't take risk, you may be actually settling for nothing. And you may not take risk because something is not clear to you. You don't understand something. Something doesn't make sense to you. So it goes on to say, Sow your seed in the morning, and at evening let your hands not be idle, for you do not know which will succeed, whether this or that, or whether both will do equally well. It's a risk. Maybe you, your comfort zone is just sowing in the morning. That's what you are used to. That's what you are accustomed to. And now a suggestion has come that don't just sow in the morning, sow in the evening. Because there's a probability that only sowing in the morning can cause, you may have a situation where that thing you sowed in the morning, it didn't really work out. But it's a risk for you because you are used to sowing in the morning and now you're being encouraged to sow in the evening. And the scripture, you don't know which one of them will prosper. Perhaps it is the evening one that will do well, not the morning one. But if you fail to take that risk to sow in the evening, and the morning one doesn't work, you end up with what? Nothing. And that's why we explain that when you don't take risk, you may be actually settling for nothing. So in business, you have to take risks. Otherwise, you will end up with nothing. Even in ministry, you may have to take risks. Otherwise, you will have nothing at the end of the day. In investment, sometimes you will have to take risks. Otherwise, you will end up with nothing. So this is one of the important lessons that you must learn for your life. Number three, there is a need to be patient as you wait to reap the benefits of certain faith risks. I'll say it again. There is a need to be patient as you wait to reap the benefits of certain faith risks. What are we saying here? That when you take certain risks as a result of your faith, in order to reap the benefits, there is a need for you to be patient. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 1, New International Version. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 1, New International Version. It says, um, NLT, good news. Uh, I, mean, I don't know what version this is. It says, ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. What does the New Living Translation say? Send your grain across the seas. And in time, profits will flow back to you. Good News Translation. Invest your money in foreign trade. <laughs> and one of these days, you will make a 
profit. But my version says, shape your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. Now, what this person is being advised here, imagine that there's a, a farmer who has reaped in a harvest. Perhaps he's used to the local market. But now he's being encouraged that start looking at exporting some of your farm produce. And he's being told that as you export them, that means ship your grain across the sea. He says, after many days. Now notice that expression, after many days. After many days. It may work out for you. You may receive a profit after many days. That means that it will take time. And things that take time, they require that you must be patient. Which is why I'm explaining to you that there's a need to be patient because there are certain things that when you do, certain risks when you take, don't expect to enjoy the blessing or the benefits immediately. They may happen after many days. There are short-term investments and there are long-term investments. And the long-term investments, I mean, all kinds of investments have risk associated with them. But with most people, it's a struggle to be patient and to wait for things to work well. Because people give up easily. To be patient means to be able to wait without giving up. Without, you know, becoming discouraged as a result of the delays, as a result of the difficulties, sometimes the disappointments, sometimes the opposition, sometimes the adversity. It's difficult when you encounter these things to be patient and continue to wait. But hear me, my friends, without patience, there are certain things you will never experience in your life. If you are in a hurry to prosper and to do well, you may, you, may, you may even make certain mistakes. You may say that you are taking risk, but what you are doing is being reckless. The Bible actually says that he who hastened to be rich hath an evil eye. Anybody who is in a hurry to be rich. My friends, unless... You are doing some Sakawa 419 something 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 to, to prosper in this life. It's not an easy thing. It doesn't come easily. If you see people who have prospered and made it, they've had to be patient. They've had to wait. Ministry. As, as we've launched our, our, our ministry, Shepherds Fold International Family, we have to be patient. We have to be patient. As we take our st the different steps we have to take, and there'll be risk associated with them, and all of that, we have to be patient. Because there is a need to be patient as you wait to reap the benefits of certain faith risks. Let me tell you a story about a farmer who had a poultry farm. And every day, he goes, so, so the eggs were layers. The layers are the ones who, which lay the eggs. Is that not so? What do the broilers do? We eat them. <laughs> but we eat the layers also. It says that the layer meat is it's usually hard. So usually use it for what type of soup? granite soup, light soup and everything. So every day he goes to check to see whether the, uh, uh, the fowls had laid eggs. Now when he went to check out whether one particular hen had laid eggs, he noticed that the hen had laid a golden egg. When he picked it, it was very heavy. And he was bored that somebody is trying to play a trick on him. He was going to throw it away. Something occurred to him that, let me go and find out what this thing is. He went to check it out and it was solid gold. 
the egg had laid a solid golden egg. He went to sell it. And he made a lot of money out of it. And from that day, every day, he would go and the hen would have laid just one egg. You go and sell, then you get money. You go the next day, one egg. You go and sell, get the money. You go the next day, what will you find? One egg. One day he was sitting down and said, Ah, this hen, it must have a lot of eggs inside. And it's wasting my time. What is this prosperity? Kakra, kakra, peace, peace, thoughts kind of prosperity. No. He said, I can't wait any longer. I can't wait to be a billionaire. A billionaire. He said to himself, this is what I'm going to do. He said, he, and he did it. He went for a knife. And then called the hen. He said, cock, 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 then slit it open, expecting to see a lot of golden eggs inside, and there was only one. But what it did, what the farmer ended up doing was that he killed the hen or the chicken that laid the golden egg. From that day, there the, 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 the were no more golden eggs. And it happened because he was not patient. He was patient. And a lot of things in this life require patience. For your business to work, you must be patient. For your investment to work, you must be patient. There are people, they go and invest money in, into the bank or something, something. Every month, they are uko yisikanus. Which is what the banks have seen. So there, there are investments that they'll tell you. Over this period of time, you can't come and take anything. Marriage, you have to be patient. You have to be patient with, 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 with each other. You have to be patient with your spouse. Who told you that uh, it, when you see a marriage that is working, it just within a day or two? Where, where did you train? <laughs> Who did your, your marriage counseling for you? It doesn't work out like that. It takes time for things to work. And I want to explain to you that marriage and a lot of these things, there are risks that you are taking, but you need to be patient because it takes time to reap certain benefits. Are you being blessed at all? Yes. Number four, taking risks in faith may rather save you from disaster. We are talking about 10 lessons to guide the risks of faith. Taking risks in faith may rather save you from disaster. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 verse 2. NIV. I hope that this one is correct. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 2. Oh. Which version of the Bible is it that I, I can't seem to? New Living Translation. I don't know which version this is. But it says, invest in seven ventures. Yes, in eight. Why? Because you do not know what disaster may come upon the land. Here it says, but divide your investments among many places. For you do not know what risks might lie ahead. Give me another version. Good news. Put your investments in several places. Many places even. I the Ghana bro. <laughs> Many places even. Because you never know what kind of bad luck you are going to have in this world. Now what is this saying? That the risk that you are taking may actually save you from disaster. So here, you are being advised that don't just focus on one thing. Invest in so many other things. So for example, you may have somebody who sells tomatoes. Alright? You may need to add other things to the tomatoes that you're selling. 
What other things can you add? They cut tomatoes. I will say pepper. Oh dear, come on, come back. Pepper, onions, garden eggs, oil, okra, and all of that. Why? The reason is because. You see, you may tell yourself that my grandmother is tomatoes that she sold. My mother, she also sold tomatoes. Me too. It is tomatoes that I will sell. My daughter, Isiata, I am bringing her up to also sell tomatoes. But you see, what you have to understand is that there are times when the things that you are used to do not work anymore. There are bad seasons. Have there not been seasons in this country that you don't get tomatoes? That you may have to actually go and import them from Burkina Faso and wherever. What if there's something, something bad happens so you can't sell the tomatoes? You have put everything, all your investment in and that is the reason why a lot of business people, they have other things that they do apart from just one particular business. There's wisdom in it. Because you don't know how things are going to play. If you just stay in your comfort zone, if you just stick with what you are used to, if you, are, if you just remain with what you are accustomed to, a time may come when that thing will, will, will just disappear out of your hand. That's what the word of God is explaining. So you need to take risk in faith. Because they may actually save you from disaster. Who is the richest man in Africa? Dangote, it is. He's the richest man. I think that he's worth about 16.6 billion dollars. Skoska, Skoska, Skoska. Dangote, when he started off, he was into sugar. They were selling sugar and salt. When we mention Dangote, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Cement. That's what he's known for. But that's not the only thing he's into. Apart from the cement, he's still into in the sugar business, in the salt business the flour business, in the oil business, in the gas business, in steel business, in packaging. A lot of business people mention Bill Gates. You think that the only thing he's into is Microsoft things. He has a lot of other investments. Somebody like Dan Gote, he has about 18 different subsidiaries. That is different aspects of business that he's involved in. Let me bring it even closer to you. You know of the Jospon group of companies? Joseph Sian, Ejepon. Zoom Lion. Now, Zoom Lion is what most people are familiar with. But Jospon has about 32 subsidiaries. When he started off, look, he wanted to be a pilot. It didn't work. He set out to be an engineer. There was no money to see him through school. So all he was doing was, he was helping his mother to sell exercise books. He would carry the exercise books on his head and hit town and go and sell them. He sold, raised enough money to do a lot of things. And then finally decided that I'm going to set up a printing press. So he set up a printing press to, to print exercise books. Then along the line, he realized that during elections and things, people need t-shirts and all that. He started printing t-shirts. Then along the line, he moved into waste management. He's involved in ICT things. He's involved in banking. He's involved in many other things. And there's a reason for it. The reason is that if you just stick with one thing, and you are not prepared to, to, to take certain risks and try out certain investments. And I've explained to you that a lot of investments come with risk. Which is why people don't like to invest. If you don't do that, what may happen to you is that you would experience disaster. You would experience a bad fortune. There may be a depression. The economy may sink. But because it's just one thing that you're used to. 
at the end of the day you end up with nothing so the risk of faith that you take may actually save you from disaster can i have an amen from somebody number five risks taken in faith can give rise to major blessings and breakthroughs risks taken in faith can give rise to major blessings and breakthroughs risks taken in faith can give rise to major blessings and breakthroughs second kings chapter 7 reading from verse 3 to 8 new living translation it looks like i cannot finish all 10 lessons we'll see because i have just a few minutes to go second kings chapter 7 verse 3 to 8 new living translation now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates the background to this story was that a great famine had hit the land of israel because the king of syria had mobilized his armies to come up against israel because of that they experienced a lockdown none went in and none went out and it it, it gave rise to a, a mighty famine in the land it was so bad that they started eating the head of donkeys and eating bed poo and what have you excuse my language now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city why should we sit here waiting to die they asked each other we will starve if we stay here but with the famine in the city we will starve if we go back there so we might as well go out and surrender to the Aramean army or to the Syrian army they let us live so much the better but if they kill us, we would have died anyway. How would you summarize this statement? Yeah, all die be die. Or it's a do or and die affair. <laughs> That's what the guys told themselves. They said that if we sit here, if we go into the city, if we go to where the Syrian army is, they may kill us. But perhaps they won't kill us. Perhaps they will have mercy on us and give us something to eat. Because from here we can hear them. They are eating. They are chopping. Do you know that when you are hungry, you can smell things from far. Your sense of smell, hey, become powerful, very sharp, greatly enhanced. They could smell roasted hen, grilled goats. They said that we cannot stay here like this. We have to go and check out and find out what. I mean, we'll go and see. So the story continues. So at twilight, they set out for the camp of the Arameans. But when they came to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had caused the Aramean army to hear the clatter of speeding chariots and the galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and Egyptians to attack as they cried to one another. So they panicked and ran into the night, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, and everything else as they fled for their lives. When the men with leprosy arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, come and see, eating, drinking wine, and they carried off silver and gold and clothing and hid it. It was an instantaneous prosperity. May you enjoy something like that in your life. May God bless you with the more than you can carry blessings in your life. That's what the guys experienced that day. And it was because they were prepared to take a risk. They could have stayed where they were and died in that situation. But they said, nah, we'll give it a shot. We will take a chance. They did and they prospered and they experienced a major breakthrough. Second Chronicles 20, 21 to 25, the last scripture for the day. I cannot finish the series. Second Chronicles 20, 21 to 25. Still the New Living Translation. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. You know the story of Jehoshaphat? And how the people of Moab and Ammon and Mount Seir came up against him. And then a prophet gave a prophetic word that God was going to give them a resounding victory. And then the king decided to do something very 
damp. But perhaps the way to describe it is something very, very rich. What did he do? He selected the singers, the musicians, to go ahead of the soldiers. We are going to fight. It's not a kind of drama. It's not a soft dazzy. It's, not, it's none of those things. We are going to fight. And you have put the singers and the musicians in front of the army. He took that risk. But look at what happened. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. After they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry, more than they could carry, more than they could carry. There was so much plunder that it took them three days just to collect it all. But clap your hands for the Lord. They took risks. They took risks in faith. And it gave rise to major blessings, major breakthroughs, and major victories. The four lepers. It was their faith that made them take the step that they took. There was some faith somewhere. And that faith made them make a move. And the move that they made was risky. But it paid off. And they prospered. It was after they had taken their share that they went to tell the rest of the people who didn't want to take risks. Say, Mumbra. Look, they took the best of the things and hid them before they went to report. Jehoshaphat and his people, they took a risk. They said, we would rather call on the God of heaven and show that he is the one in whom we have placed our trust. That our trust is not in the strength of armies, how formidable our armies are. We will cry out to him. And God responded to their faith. And God responded to the risk that they took. And they received a resounding victory that day. Risk which you take in faith can give rise to major blessings and breakthroughs in your life. Ladies and gentlemen, in our walk with God, we are definitely going to come to a point, to a time, and to a season when in response to our faith we will have to take certain risks yeah in your personal life you would have to do that and i believe that this message is a prophetic message for somebody out there because things are stagnant for you it's not working You've been looking for a job for a long time. It's not working. Perhaps because there are certain steps that you need to take as a result of your faith. But because they are so risky, you don't want to take those steps. But I want you to trust God. And if the Bible says we should be followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises, understand that many of those people took risks because of their faith. And God saw them through. So if we trust God, let's trust him to the ultimate. If we claim to believe in God, let's demonstrate it that we believe in him. And that's why we are here. That's why we have Shepherd's Fold Restoration Family, SFRF. I, I just believe that God wants to do something with us. And it's risky. It is very, very risky. I am not as, as young as I used to be. 
Yeah, you may think I'm 24, 25, 25. Oh. You may, you, may, you may think so. But multiply it by two and add a few more. <laughs> and realize that I, I, I'm not as young as I used to be. Then you have also decided to follow me. To start a new ministry. There are risks. But like somebody said, Usra, Undi, if you are afraid, you won't chop. And working with God, He will bring you to a point where you would have to take certain risks. But the good news is that He's with us all the way through. He's promised that He will never leave us nor forsake us. And I declare and prophesy today the Shepherd's Fold Restoration family grow and become very massive, very great, very large, will have the mighty impact. Because under this ministry, Jesus is our focus. He is the great shepherd. The shepherd in Shepherd's Fold Restoration family is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ himself. And he's promised us that we will not want if he is our shepherd. Fold means church. And it is his church. He is in charge. I am just an employer that is using to do what he wants to do. And through this ministry, risky though it may look, there are a lot of souls that are going to be won. And there are a lot of lives that are going to be restored. That is why restoration is part of our names. Lives of those who have fallen away. Lives of those whose lives have become a certain way. They are very much on God's mind. And it is part of the great commission. Because if you read Luke 15, the story there about the prodigal son, about the lost coin, about the lost sheep, it's about restoration. So the great commission has a strong dimension of restoration associated with it. And I believe that by this risk we are taking, we're going to have a wonderful church family where love will be a cardinal feature of everything that we do. Because a family is a group of people who are closely connected by blood. I'm not talking about the blood of the Amitawebles. I'm not talking about the blood of the Defiamakos. I'm not talking about the blood of the Okotis. I'm not talking about the blood of the Ajiman's Rebos. And I'm certainly not talking about the blood of the uh, uh, Hawanos. <laughs> I'm talking about the blood of the only begotten Son of God. And that's what binds us together. So let's press on in faith. And I believe that God is going to respond to our faith. And great things are going to come out. May the Lord give us more understanding. And may the Holy Spirit reveal more unto us. I may or may not continue this next week. But may the will of God be done in our lives. Rise up to your feet and let us close. And as every head is bowed, every eye closed. I want to give an opportunity to anybody who wants to give his life to Jesus. Somebody invited you to watch this um, recording with him or her. But I want you to understand that God is after you. And it's not after you to harm you or to hurt you. He wants to make your life beautiful. He wants to make your life glorious. And today I want to pray with you. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Take a chance. Give your heart to Jesus. And watch how he will turn your life around. And cause the, the negative things of your life to be arrested and corrected. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father today I come to you just as I am oh God please forgive me for all my sins please wash me with the blood of Jesus from today I will serve you I will follow you I will live for you I will believe in you I believe in Jesus I believe he's the son of God I believe he came to die for my sins I believe he died and was buried. 
I believe he rose again from the dead. I believe he's alive forevermore. This Jesus will be my savior, my Lord, my everything. Thank you, Father, for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.